0: Hey, welcome back. So today I want to talk about some stacking mistakes that either I have made personally or have observed uh, in in my relatively short foray into precious metals. You know, I've had this channel itself for over three years now, but I also understand that a lot of, of silver and gold stackers have been doing just that since, gosh, 10 years ago. 20 years, 30 years, you know, from time to time, I'll get comments from people that have been doing this for 30, 40 plus years, right? Maybe they were adults uh, during the time in which uh, silver coins were were taken out of circulation or at least no longer minted by the U.S. government. And they've been doing it since then. There's there's a ton of, there's a wealth of experience here in the silver community. And what I'm looking to do in this uh, episode today is share some of my observations with you. And, and and hopefully, if you are making any of these silver and gold stacking mistakes, uh, you can attempt to alleviate them. What I ask from you is let me know down below in the comment section, which of these have you made in your past, right? There's no shame in admitting it. And furthermore, are there any ones that you disagree with? Because I also understand that some of these are maybe a little bit more controversial and and not so black and white as as some of the other ones. Of course, all this is just my own opinion. None of this should be taken as investment advice or anything like that. But let's jump into it. Number one on this list, and by the way, these are no particular order, but number one on this list of stacking mistakes, lack of diversity in your stack. This is sort of a shout-out to all those guys that, that primarily stick with just one thing Uh, oftentimes it's either generic silver 100 ounce bars 10 ounce bars or american silver eagles or whatever their their government coin is in their country maybe it's maple leaves maybe it's something from australia Uh, but lack of diversity i'd say that's mistake number one i mean obviously there's there's worse mistakes to make but i think that there is a lot of benefits to diversity First of all, I, I find people tend to enjoy stacking quite a bit more when they have more diversity and it's not just another roll of eagles, just another 10 ounce bar, uh, and, and it becomes less of a mundane task. I mean, there's nothing mundane about stacking away physical wealth for the future. Don't get me wrong. But I think that a lot of people find much, much more enjoyment in it when they can look through it and, and find all the different variety of, of pieces and coins and bars that they have in their inventory. Um, there's nothing wrong with being heavy in one particular coin or bar that you have a soft spot for or pragmatically think is, is the best thing to buy. But I think diversity is is has some pragmatism to it as well. Uh, for instance, there's something to be said for for very low premium generic silver. It's its oftentimes the cheapest. There's something to be said for the liquidity and the recognizability of American Silver Eagles. And there's something to be said for the potential upside to buying semi-numismatic or numismatic pieces that are likely to accrue premium over the years. Right there, I give you three great categories to diversify into. Generic, Uh, recognized, government-minted bullion, and semi-numismatics. You can add to that list things like uh, 90% silver, constitutional silver, whatever you want to call it. There's many other options out there that you can diversify into. Poured silver because it really looks great, even if it's slightly higher premium. Um, And you can even get a couple pieces that maybe are crazy high premium and and don't make a whole lot of investment uh, uh, sense, but you like them anyways. It makes stacking a lot more interesting, and and it's something that I would consider a mistake. But again, there's, there's worse mistakes that you can make. Moving on to number two on this list, not paying attention to the ratio and not paying respect to the ratio. And of course, the ratio I'm referring to here is the gold to silver ratio, the ratio between the price of gold and the price of silver. How many ounces of silver does it take? To equal the value of an ounce of gold at current market prices. Now, I don't want to be too bullheaded here and say silver is the only way to go. That if you buy gold in today's environment, you're an idiot, right? Somebody's going to take that out of context and 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 post it here. If you buy gold out of uh, in, in this environment, you're an idiot. But no, that's not at all what I think. Um, I think that there's something to be said for both gold and silver. In fact, I've said many times. In the past, that in terms of my long-term strategy for silver, it, it ultimately points towards gold. That when that ratio comes down, I'd be more than happy to trade a fair bit of my silver for gold. Because I think gold has a lot of great attributes. It is right now what central banks are buying and governments are buying. It's, it's what China and Russia, Russia are holding and, and hoarding. It it has a history as long as silver, but it's even more compact store of wealth than silver, right? Currently, uh, uh, even a one-ounce coin is actually smaller than a one-ounce silver coin because of the density of gold. But even if you just look at the ratio, we're, we're talking 86 ounces, 86 coins equals the value of one gold coin. Of course, that's subject to change as The ratio changes. But gold's in my long-term plan, but I think it is a mistake to not pay attention to and pay respect to the ratio. To And mostly what I'm talking to, who I'm talking to right now is, of course, those that are choosing primarily to buy gold in today's environment versus silver. Now, I get it. If you have some reason for that, because you think that ratio is going to go much, much higher to to 100, to 110, 150, whatever, and never going to come down. I get it, right? And I'm not saying that there's not any sense in buying gold right now. I think there is for, for those that are, that are up for it, up for the, for the current price, around $1,450 as I record. But to dismiss silver and just go with gold, I think, is, is ultimately a mistake. And, and I think this is one that is probably not made as often by my viewers as it is by those that are very wealthy. Those that maybe are not familiar with the term even stacking and instead they, they make some of the other mistakes on this list and, and they just buy gold and, and, and buying gold to them is buying gold in a vault or buying a gold ETF or, or an exchange-traded product. And, and they don't understand that silver at its current ratio and its current price offers a far larger upside versus gold and furthermore has has drastically different fundamentals because of the declining supply year-over-year, going back to 2015, the declining mining supply for silver, as well as the huge amount of demand for silver that comes from industrial uses. You know, tack that on to the fact that silver tends to outperform gold in bull markets, drastically outperform gold, that ratio is going to come down. I think there's a lot of millionaires and billionaires really missing out or that will soon be missing out. By ignoring silver and just sticking with gold, Moving on to the next mistake here: uh, high premiums. I think there's nothing wrong with high premium silver, high premium gold. I'm talking semi numismatics and, and numismatics, and it really runs the gamut here. Um, some people might consider three dollars an ounce for silver over spot high premium, right? And that's in the realm of maybe something from from like the the. British Royal Mint or the Canadian uh, Royal Canadian Mint or, or something along those lines, uh, Australia. And and they're content with American Silver Eagles or generic silver. And I get it, right? But you also can find stuff that is ridiculously high priced, uh, more in the numismatic realm of things. Numismatic meaning mostly had its current value based on, on its rarity and, and the fact that it's sought after maybe some old Morgan uh some old Morgans or or some old peace dollars or whatever from a from hundred plus years ago that are in really good shape. You know, alternatively you have, you know, just in the last week or two, you have a huge amount of people that went out and and bought a I, I want to say it was a reverse proof American silver eagle from the US mint. You only could buy one per household and then they sold them to various mints, a lot of these people. Very highly sought after, even though the one ounce of silver in that eagle is worth the same as as any other eagle, as any other one ounce bar or, or or round, a huge premium on it nonetheless. However, I think you can make the mistake of paying too large for a premium, primarily when the prospects for you recovering that premium are are slim to none. I think there's nothing wrong with buying some small amount of your overall stack of silver just purely for for enjoyment purposes because you like it because it has sentimental value it's from your favorite tv show something like that okay that makes sense but to do that primarily it uh i get it you enjoy it but but pr- you're sort of throwing pragmatism out the window you you're gonna have a hard time making money on something if you're paying 10 20 dollars over a spot and, and that's sort of your average. But on the secondary market, that's not what your coins and bars are trading for. I, I, I think this is a mistake that some people can make from time to time. Just paying too high of premium when they're unlikely to, to actually recover that premium. So I don't think that the answer here necessarily is to just avoid high premium stuff. If, if you like numismatics, if you like some of numismatics, great. Stick with it. But... I would highly recommend you go out and do lots of research on it. There's a ton of great resources here on YouTube and on the internet. Even your local coin shop is a, is a good resource to go out and ask and say, you know, whatever question you have, what do you think of this coin? What do you think of this new coin coming out in its mintage? What do you think of this and that and that? There's Facebook groups. There's Reddit groups for all of these types of topics. And I'd recommend that that one does their research before they make their investment, because I think they're going to make a much better investment, spend their money much more wisely if they learn first, they ask questions first, and and buy later. Again, nothing wrong with high premium stuff, but I think it can be a a stacking mistake if you're doing it the wrong way. And that sort of is a good segue into my uh, my next mistake here. And that is using sketchy businesses. To build your stack. Now, some of this is going to be through like gold-backed IRAs that have been notorious in the last couple of years for for targeting usually older adults, older conservative adults. Actually, if you if you watch Fox Fox News for a while, you'll see plenty of these commercials from Lear Capital, Rosalind Capital, and many others, uh, with all these these spokespersons that that are old, elderly. Um, seem to, to have some sort of appeal to, to wisdom and, and age and whatnot. But oftentimes, um, I don't want to throw this word scam around. Often, they may not necessarily be full-blown scams. But generally speaking, I, I find that people can, can handle buying silver and gold on their own. Uh, far better than they realize, and oftentimes far better than a lot of these these companies would be able to do so. Now, there are scams out there as well, very sketchy business practices. In fact, I talked about one uh, a week or two ago, uh, a company called metals.com. I forget the exact branch of, of the company exactly what it was called, but, but what they were doing is doing just that, what I just described. They were targeting older Americans that were conservatives, and they gave all the classic reasons for getting into silver, same reasons that I give here, but then that what they would do is they'd say, you know, let's let's throw some money in there. Let's let's transfer some of your IRA into to silver, and buy such and such coins. But a lot of these coins, what they were doing is they were buying them at a, at an extremely high premium. I'm talking twenty thirty dollars over spot, twenty thirty dollars an ounce over spot for silver, not for gold, for silver. And almost immediately, you know, on the secondary market, the value of these these coins would would completely collapse because they were relatively new coins, they weren't highly sought after or anything like that. And so those sketchy businesses are out there. Right? If you are a little bit more skeptical like I am of business practices, you could potentially throw into this lot things like like iShares. Uh, shares this a company that runs SLV, uh, the the world's uh, as well as GLD, the the world's top uh precious metals exchange traded products. They trade like stocks, in theory should be backed by silver and gold, but again, I'm skeptical of that. Right? You can be skeptical of some of the sketchy business practices of of those that that trade gold and silver ETFs. You can be skeptical of of banks that would prefer you keep your silver and gold in a safe deposit box. In in their possession, right? These are all things that you can be skeptical of. And I, for most people, I, I again, I don't want to give out investment advice. But for most people, I think the best practice is to just buy it your own. Buy it on your own. Buy it at your local coin shop, assuming that it offers a, a good deal on precious metals. Buy it online if you feel you're savvy enough. I think most people are. Like don't don't sell yourself short. I think most people are. Um, buy it from a major online dealer. And I could give you five right off the top of my head. You have SD Bullion, JM Bullion, Appmex, Provident Metals, and what's a good fifth one? Uh, we'll throw um, Bullion Exchanges on there as well, or Modern Coin Mart. or you know, There's a ton of other choices out there that are good, reputable choices. If you stick with those five or six, then then you're gonna be golden. Excuse the pun. You're gonna be golden, right? You those aren't scams. Thousands and thousands of people here on the internet can vouch for them. There's scam dealers out there, I'm sure. Go on eBay, and there's plenty of scam sellers on eBay. And and if you look around, there's plenty of people that are looking to prey on people that are looking to invest in precious metals. But but don't sell yourself short. I think if you feel you have the mental capacity to make that decision with your own money, and if not, maybe you should, you should um, delegate that to somebody else in your family, a younger family member, your spouse, somebody you trust. But, but if you feel you still have the mental uh, faculties to do that, and, and I imagine most of you do if, you, if you're watching this video, then do it yourself. Find some independence in this. Silver and gold are, are fairly simple when you, when you boil it down. There's a lot of mistakes you can make that I'm mentioning here, but it's fairly simple. So sketchy business practices, let's stay away from those, which is a good segue into our next topic, not taking possession. That's the next uh, one on this list. I think we're at what number five here, not taking possession of your precious metals. Now, I don't want to make a blanket statement and say that that is wrong for every single individual. There's going to be some individuals because of the country or jurisdiction they live in, or because of the sheer amount of wealth that they're thrown into precious metals, that taking possession might not be the best idea or is a, is an understandable, a defensible decision. But I think for most people, taking possession of their precious metals is is very important. You know, what's what's the saying? Uh, possession is, is nine-tenths of the law. What's the other saying? If you don't hold it, you don't own it. I mean, those are very... Two very important phrases to to live by if you're a precious metals owner. Because believe me, there are billions and billions of dollars in precious metals that are doing just the opposite of that. And If you don't believe me, look at the size, look at the volume of trades in the SLV and the GLD and other exchange-traded products that are similar to that. Look at the amount of, of silver and gold that are held at vaulting facilities. Halfway across the world from their owner, wherever that might be, Hong Kong, which is not a safe place right now, Singapore, or or Canada, Cayman Islands, you name it. Uh, those vaulting places are all over the place. Some people just hold it in their, their local bank deposit box. All, I think, a mistake. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. The problem with that is when you need that silver and gold the most— Because of a huge move up in price, because you're afraid about uh, the the long-term security of those vaulting uh, corporations or or your local bank or whatever. If you're concerned about the future of the monetary system, uh, concerned about the breakdown in, in society because of high amounts of inflation or because of a grid down situation, a major global conflict, political upheaval, whatever it might be. It's when you most need that silver and gold, when you most want to take possession of it, that it will be the most difficult to, to take possession of it. It's, it's exactly in a hyperinflationary or a grid-down scenario or a time of political upheaval, a coup d'etat, major global conflict, whatever, in which it will be most difficult to take possession of it. Because, I mean, that, that's, that's a fact of the matter. A lot of these corporations will say, if you want, you can take delivery of it. Pay pays a small fee, and we'll, we'll keep our eyes on it. We'll, we'll keep it away from all the other silver and gold in our, in our vault. But if you want, take delivery of it. Call us up. Shoot us an email. But they're going to have a hard time fulfilling that promise if everybody else is asking for the precious metals and the state or the, the country or the globe is in a uh, state of, of chaos. Right that's the other problem with it is that you also have to be skeptical of some of these these companies and and their promise that your precious metals are are segregated from the rest that that they're not running a fractional reserve system because it'd be very easy to do so if you are if you own a vault halfway across the world from from most of the uh the the owners of the metals nobody's ever going to come visit and you know, if they could it's not like they can just say I want to see all the precious metals in your possession just to make sure that it lines up with the audit. Yeah, sometimes these places are audited. But again, it's not that hard to dodge some of those regulations and and turn into a fractional reserve system. Why go through all of that headache and all that worry and all that risk for what otherwise should be a a very low-risk asset when instead you can just... Order it online, buy it at your local coin shop, and have it sent to your house. And and you can hold possession of it. If that's too much of a risk for you, a security risk or otherwise, bury it somewhere. Find some other place to to, to keep it safe where nobody is ever going to find it. But another part of this is, for those of you that are afraid of of taking possession of your precious metals, I want to move into the number six mistake that you can make here about precious metals. One of the best ways you can protect your precious metals is not buying a shotgun or an AR-15 or a handgun, depending on what side of the debate you fall on, what, which one's the best for home defense. The best defense is not a huge vault uh, in, in your basement or a huge, maybe vault's not the right term, a huge safe. Right. The the right strategy is not to to put it behind reinforced steel bars or anything like that. The best defense is to shut up. Shut up about your precious metals. And I can say from experience, this is a mistake that I have made plenty of times over my my uh, my stacking days. Hey, I have a YouTube channel. And and when people ask, you know, you're in grad school, um, you know, what do you do with your free time? And 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 oftentimes I say I on a YouTube channel and inevitably they ask what and I'd say it's on precious metals and they say you actually own precious metals. You know, usually the answer is yes. Now, I don't give them any more details. Where is it? Usually I don't tell people other than those that I trust how much I own. But yeah, I talk about it probably more than I should. But if you're worried about taking possession of your precious metals for security reasons, shut up about it. If you shut up about it, the, the odds of somebody robbing you are only as high as them robbing you in the first place. And at that point, if you find a good way to secure or hide your precious metals, then you really don't have to worry about it a whole lot. Now, of course, this is your own personal decision. You know, what's what's riskier? The the risk inherent in having your precious metals housed in a vault versus in your house? That's That's a personal decision right there. But what I can say is that shutting up about it and not talking is a very good defense against thieves. That's that's mistake number six on this list, talking too much about your precious metals. Doesn't mean you have to shut up about it to everyone. You should probably tell your spouse. That I think that's a good start. Um talking to your kids, your friends, your your uh um siblings or aunts, uncles, nephews, parents, whatever, family members, not always bad. Make sure you trust them first, though. I mean, the fact of the matter is that whether we're talking about precious metals or not, burglaries are oftentimes committed by people that the individual knows. Like, yeah, there's those individuals that will case up a neighborhood. They don't know who lives in it but they just find a house, they wait for those people to leave for the day, they go in and and they do their work and they head out. Don't even know who they just robbed. But a lot of the times it's it's somebody that they know. And and we all have that concept of of that person. If they were in our family, we would not tell them, right? The guy that's addicted to meth, probably not a good idea to tell him. Right. The, the, whatever else, the, the, the known pathological liar, the person that has a history of, of theft, et cetera, probably not a good idea to tell them. But I think it extends beyond that. I think we, we do need to be good judges of character. And when it's all said and done, you know, if you do feel you have opened your mouth too much to somebody that you shouldn't have, there's nothing wrong with throwing something in there along the lines of, you know, I don't keep it in my house and say nothing more than that, or, you know, I don't have a whole lot in the first place, even if you have have a huge stack, right, uh, anything to, to downplay the significance of it and, and make it seem like less and less of a target, but again, I think a lot of it boils down to that first point that I made, talking too much can can get you in trouble when it comes to precious metals, because they are valuable, and, and that's not going to change And as we move into a period in which I think precious metals are going to be even more valuable, I think it's even more important to keep that in mind, that that one has to shut up about their precious metals from time to time. Finally, this brings me to number seven on this list of stacking mistakes, envy. I think envy can entirely ruin one's experience with precious metals. What I'm talking about is looking at other people's amount of precious metals, their stack, and saying, they have more than me. I wish I had that much. Because oftentimes, whether it's precious metals, or, or cars and trucks, or houses, or jobs, or salaries, or spouses, or kids, or whatever envy of that type so often ruins one's experience of life right envy looking at somebody else's spouse and saying I wish I had her um, y- y- you can see how that would um, make your your current marriage um, quite a bit worse <laughs> not nearly as as enjoyable um, probably some some marital problems there if you're looking at other people's cars and saying I wish I drove that you know pick your car pick your dream car well there's nothing wrong with having a dream car but but if that's always what you're kind of jealous of always wishing you had you know driving your own car becomes less enjoyable because more of a chore in other people's houses hey let's be thankful we have a roof over a house in the first place right A R- roof over our head but look at other people's houses and saying I wish I had that I'm jealous of that I'm envious of that the same is true for precious metals you're going to ruin an experience for yourself. Whether you just started or you've been doing it for years and you feel, now that I bring it up, you've fallen into that trap. You're going to ruin it for yourself if it's all about envy and all about looking at what other people have. Nothing wrong with admiring um, somebody else's massive stack of precious metals. Hey, there's a YouTube channel out there that I'm sure many of you guys have heard of, Silver Slacker. He has an enormous stack of Precious metals, and and what's great about it is, it's not just plain coins and bars. He has very interesting coins and bars. A lot of things that I, I don't know if I'd qualify them as as bars. It's more just poured silver art. But I'm talking tens of thousands of ounces of silver that this guy owns. And he has tens or hundreds or probably even millions of views here on YouTube. He has a lot of people watching his stuff. And I think a lot of them are just admiring it. But but I find myself even watching those types of videos with sensing a fair bit of, of envy in my heart, and wishing, hey, I wish I had that amount of precious metals. But alas, I don't. And it's gonna be a while before I could ever get to that point. If ever, right? And so why worry about it? Why get caught up in that? How about this? How about you use this instead? You know, silver is a very finite resource in this world. It's estimated by experts such as myself. No, I'm not an expert. But, but my estimate as to how much silver there is above ground right now in investable format, I'm talking coins and bars, bullion, is probably less, Very, very high likelihood of being less than 10 billion ounces. In the ballpark of anywhere I'd say from from maybe three to, to eight. That's just a ballpark that, that I'm just coming up with right now, based on some of my recent research, but three to eight billion ounces. Put it another way, anywhere from maybe a half to a full ounce of silver for every person on the, the earth. And when you put it in those terms, anything above that actually sounds pretty good. How many of your friends, how many of your family members stack precious metals. How many of them have more than the amount of silver in maybe some silver jewelry that they happen to own or of course the silver in their their TV or their car or something like that. I'm going to guess very few of them. As soon as you buy your first ounce of silver, you're ahead of the game compared to most people here in the West. You're still far behind the game compared to maybe silver slacker or or many people in India where where Owning silver in, in bullion coins and and especially jewelry is is very common as as a, an investment tool as a, as a way to preserve one's wealth. But but here in the West, you're you're doing pretty good for yourself. Ten ounces. Again, most people don't have any. Hundred ounces, right? So don't get caught up in the tens of thousands of ounces. Mind your own business, and and that's not me being rude. That's me saying you're going to enjoy it a lot more. You're going to be a lot happier without that envy in your way. Focus on what you have. Be happy with what you have. Everybody's in a different situation. Everybody has a different salary, different expenses. Everybody has a different amount of their overall investment portfolio that they throw into precious metals. So stick with what you have. Stick with your own goals for stacking. And I think you're going to find quite a bit more joy in it, quite a bit more satisfaction in it compared to somebody that's always looking at what the guy at the top has. As always, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast, for being such a great supporter and hopefully subscriber of this channel and of this podcast. If you're not, I'd I'd very much appreciate if you did just that. But as always, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in today and God bless.